Alright y'all, welcome back to Anime Savant. This week I am Jehuti. Oh shit. Oh this week I'm Gohan. Oh no, I got nah, some we shit already to did say. we already did we already did oh, Pissy all over Vegeta, so Oh no. my god. Got, gotta well, be Gohan this week. That's that's in the lane that I wanted to talk about later. Because I have Good. questions. I Good. have questions. Very many questions. Because you know the niggas have already spoiled it all on YouTube. So uh, I'm just like, I have questions. <laughs> I didn't get the complete spoilers, but I have like a spoiler on like one particular thing. So it's just like, okay, whatever. But alright, let's begin. Um fucking hilarious episode of Spy Family. Holy shit. This was amazing. This was amazing. M. Bison's son <laughs> came Bill, through. Yeah. A Bill, Bill the what was his name? Bill the Annihilator. Yeah, Bill so the Cannon. Fucking... Something that motherfucker was not a child. I literally was just thinking. I was like, "This is not a child. It's like an uh, undercover uh, person or something." But, it was, but it, actually, it was. It was a child. It was genetics. It yeah, literally was just genetics. Yeah. And. The way that Becky was responding to him, I'm like, yes, girl, that is not a, he's not a child. He's not a child. Like, I think no. she was the only one who was like, oh, Freaking this is out. not right. Yeah, this ain't right. I loved Damien's trio shit. Also, they were a Namek. They were a fucking Namek. Damien stopped that in too. the ball. I love that too. I love that as well. The yes. background, I was like, that nigga's on Namek. Oh, yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. Also, the, the Kage Bunshin shit with them doing this. I loved it. <laughs> I fucking loved it. It was hilarious. The fucking, like they, the fucking three dudes. Uh, yes. Yeah. It was fucking it was hilarious. Good. I loved how they got, how basically Damien got shine. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was already kind of pretty positive that his parents were pieces of shit anyways, because they weren't in that photo. And I noticed they weren't in that photo when it got taken. So of course they're following that back up. And uh, yeah, um, you're teaching Anya shit. Like she's just like, everything mama teaches me is useless. And it's not that it's useless. It's just that you can't do it yet. Like, yeah. That's the problem. But as far as the anime, basically this was like an ode to Shonen. Like it was like Shonen parodies. Yeah, it was a, it was a Shonen battle series that they yes. compressed into one episode. Yes. Just they from did like everything. the bottom shots, the hair flowing in the wind with her like this. And then the magical girl final attack with the stars in the background <laughs> and Bill basically being overcome by the shit. It oh was great. God. No, it was it absolutely was great. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Even though if you really think about it, Anya almost didn't do anything in this episode because yeah. all the other it was all the other characters were doing stuff and it was like yeah. a build up for her and then of course it was a, it was played for a joke which it should have been mm-hmm. because like what it ain't no fucking way that yeah. I I was under the foolish impression that Damien was going to do all this then Anya actually was going to have some kind of highlight moment where she actually starts taking other people out as opposed to Bill (laughs) and then something happens but of course it's not that she my god I just cannot tell you how insane it was with not only the fact that she threw the ball and missed she literally threw that shit right down in front of her yes I I mean, um, what do you expect? <laughs> no one can do that shit. Oh my god, that shit can't was do it. so funny. That shit was fucking hilarious. The way they, 
All of it was flawless. Just the way that that whole scene came together. It was fucking flawless. And the fact that Damien was actually starting to acknowledge her to some point. And the teacher was like, oh, they can actually get along. This is actually right. working out. Right. No, I'm like, them niggas are going to I mean, like, Nah, they go right back to the argument at nah. the beginning. I just need Anya to like chop homeboy with like the updo. With like the hair like that, I was like, Anya, you can easily just like annihilate that nigga verbally. Oh, she like, can handle one that. Thing. Yeah, no, no question about one that. One thing, but I loved, loved that episode. Did it push the plot? I mean, kinda, but yeah, a little bit. A it little was teeny bit. It was literally just like slice of life comedy shown in troll. Like perfect. It was right. It was, just, it was so. So there's great. a lot of like the little details. You brought up a couple of them. One thing that that I appreciate. So the vo- the I when I heard Bill start talking, I'm like, I know this voice actor. I'm not as good you as did- you. Oh. I'm not as good as you as like you know pulling him out of out of my ear. But I'm like, I've heard him before. Where have I heard him? I hear him all the time. This dude is Guiles' voice actor for most of the modern Street Fighter games. It's oh. Chad's voice actor in Bleach. He also did um oh what was the other big one that he did that oh Charon uh from Fire Force. Like, oh, and a lot of others, and oh, I'm just wow. like, because I've heard this guy before. He, it's funny because when you look at his acting roles, it's very clear that he's typecast to you know very masculine, big burly guy. In fact, some of the characters he's been cast as before have the exact same facial features mm. as the Bill character here. Yeah. So I was just like, because like, I know I know that voice. It, it is Guile, and I think he's also Guile. In the new Street Fighter game as well, because he's he's Whoa. been playing him since Street Fighter went to 3D. So oh okay okay yeah I will give it to him though. I started cracking up when the dad showed up. He goes hi daddy, <laughs> like yeah. that. <laughs> that just, there's just so many little parts of this fucking episode that were just spot on. I need to find out who directed this particular. I have episode. no idea. This one felt um very much more like a traditional comedy slice of life. Yeah. Show much more. One because it's a very self-contained, right? I as you pointed out like there wasn't a lot of like plot. There was some plot movement cuz we learned more about say the background of the butler dude, like you know what yeah. his daily life is cuz there was there was more introspection of from his characters. In fact, you could probably argue that his character had a um if not the most at least e- equal timeshare from their point yeah. of view. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely the beginning and the end, but like the mo- like framing the whole episode. I didn't believe for a second that there was an opportunity to get a Stella out of no, uh, not for one second. Like no. because and they 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 and it's a good thing that they made it clear in the beginning that this was just a kids rumor mm-hmm. um, because it meant that this there were stakes in the episode, but they all felt kind of tongue in cheek from the beginning. Rather than having it seriously, you, the audience believe that like this is going to be a pivotal thing, and then to play it off as a joke at the end didn't feel bad at all because you kind of got the feeling that this is some shit that the kids came up with that yeah. literally nobody else uh, uh, corroborated. So when the dude at the end was like, "Oh, I could give them a cella for all this teamwork," and then they just completely collapsed, yeah. like you know, it was dangling the opportunity that maybe it really could be, but nah, that shit ain't never wasn't yeah. ever gonna happen so yeah. i like that um there were a lot of really good voice performances i think the um the little su- side characters uh for damien his old minions i oh think my they got God. they oh, the were they were scene. cracking me 
Yes, oh they were God. cracking me up. And then Homeboy gets beamed right as he's over Homeboy. Like, yes. Beautiful. beautiful. Yes. There was a... There, they, those... I Characters like that, I'm more impressed when a show or writers are able to do something with them rather than have them be like one note jokes because up until this point you know what's the joke with them the joke is that they think damien is like the the shit he's the greatest guy ever they'll pretty much do anything they're antagonistic towards just about everybody else so all jokes about with them kind of play on those notes of them being buffoons and then having their comeuppance for their you know overzealousness even when they don't get hurt like when they thought that you know damien was gonna like really cut on you down in like episode five or six or whatever and it yeah. turned out that like he just ran away crying and then they're making all the excuses like as he's running even those are like it's showing that they're idiots in this one they're still dumb right but on multiple occasions you can see they are still just children right they're earnestly yes. trying to like you know their their imaginations are wild their relationship with each other not necessarily with damien just amongst themselves was was cute Right? It's just some dumb shit kids would do. So it was a good diversion from the stakes of prior episodes where, like, even the stuff with, like, Yuri and Yor, which was, again, a very limited episode a couple weeks ago where it pretty much all took place just in the house with just those characters, there was still that, like, serious edge that, oh, right, Yuri is a secret... I mean, he literally tortures somebody to death, like, right before they do that scene. So there's, like... It's serious. This whole episode was like, what are the fucking stakes here? Yeah. Like, wh- like re- what are they? It's just the kids not getting along. A fun dodgeball game. Cameos. Jokes. And then at the end, it's like they were a bunch of dumbasses. And then they move on. So, like, I... It's the equivalent of, like, the beach episodes in other shows, uh... but not obnoxious. This was this was what people have been asking for. It's like, we want to see more stuff happening with you know the the school yeah and it was a very good tonal shift away from what had been going on with super spies exactly yeah Yeah. and it didn't does it lead anywhere i mean maybe you know anya kind of now knows a little bit more about damien's motivations and you know there was a little bit of character we can kind of for example see the trajectory of like what's going to happen with that character you know he's you know so that so that's a good thing we only really have like two episodes, two, one. I don't know how many episodes we have left. I think we have two. Yeah, we got 11, two. Okay, 12. so if we yeah, yeah. yeah, so if we got two episodes left, again, I I ain't read it, so I don't kind of know where they're where, what the end point Final is. There's no arc real or whatever. If there's gonna be yeah, arc. there's no real arc. I presume it probably ends with her getting a star for something. Hmm. Probably, um, but beyond that, I don't know nothing. So, you know, I'm just excited. I had a fun time with this episode this week and then once again it goes off and i'm like well fuck what am i gonna do for the rest of my week <laughs> like what, what, what else, else am i gonna watch exactly yeah. yeah um what else did i watch um i also watched otome game i actually really enjoyed this episode i really enjoyed it i mean i kind of saw i didn't see the olivia part actually i didn't see the power-up shit coming mm. with the girls I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting more so like the auxiliary students to be highlighted, which they were. Like a little bit. A yeah, little a bit. little bit. But this was way more about the three of them being in a dire circumstance and not want to have any regrets with each other in the case that something happened, which of course we know it's an anime plot armor. Right. Yeah, like you niggas ain't gonna, ain't gonna have to email us like this, but whatever. I liked how 
it linked Olivia's growth to Leon's direct meddling. So he said, or what, what Lexion or Zexion? Lux, Luxion. Luxion, yeah. Luxion, yeah. Yeah. He said, yeah, even though she doesn't have the items, even though she's not getting the items, because you've been chilling and hanging out with her, she's had actual time to study and like progress on her own as opposed to being the odd like the center of angelica's universe and being ruined and then needing those items to become who she is she basically is just doing it by herself now but that's kind of how i'm thinking that it's be- she still needs the items because they highlighted those shrine charms mm-hmm. which also it comes back around to the shrine charms where he was being selfish and wanted them all for himself. He did. He 100%. wanted all of them. Yeah, he wanted all of them for himself. But in the end, by it being spread out to all of them, it ended up helping him because he wasn't going to be able to defend the ship. If no. they didn't have those charms, that ship would have fucked. They would have died. Them kids. Right. Died. He also didn't yeah. know that that was going to happen. So this is where yeah. we're beyond the limits of sort of whatever his his uh, knowledge about the game in terms of the order and when things happen is going down. I mean, he can definitely overpower. A lot of the enemies now that he's running into that's not that's not the issue yeah it's like we because we already saw an episode back that like if he doesn't have the ship and he doesn't have you know prep time he could just get surrounded and beat up by regular ass people so yeah also he's using rubber bullets which i was like oh using rubbers like, you know what shut up <laughs> you know right. this this show is the levels of brutality are not high enough yeah not yeah, not for the kind of thing i like we we watched i just need him real... to get somebody back for yes. the, like the kick in the face and like I, just <laughs> need, I need him to get somebody back i need him to get his licks back because that shit pissed me off so much well this he isn't realist hero where you can have like an episode about like i don't know building bridges and the next episode the main character murders like the entire like upper court because of some machiavellian political niggas. scheme yeah two niggas lived oh my god <laughs> that's a different it's a different vibe i think that the and they set that for. up the at the end of the episode before and then they, they were dead by the they middle did. of the next episode like okay great 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 Great. Uh, yeah, but, I yeah. Enjoy, I enjoy this episode. I, I do. Ag- I agree with you that um, we needed some kind of evidence that Leon's activity wasn't all bad because he was sort of dumping on himself a lot in terms of like, oh, I fucked these people over pretty bad. Yeah, and it it can't be like just a one way street. And I think that um, I I know that at some level. It does undermine a bit of the emotional punch of uh, a couple episodes back, especially when Luxion was sort of lecturing him about like, "Hey, you've been you you've stopped various characters' psychological growth because you're just you know you don't treat them like people. You treat them like a, a member of the game just with a problem to solve, and yeah. you and you're just too OP. So it does take a little bit away from that that like there was some benefit, but it also it like realistically. That's it is true, what the the explanation that was given, and so that meant that when all the characters kind of had their turnaround, especially that little sweet moment where you know you got the confession and whatever, it felt oh, still yeah. earned. You know, it at, felt at earned, but I didn't even really care about the confession to be honest. Well, it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, like whatever. I'm I'm all I'm just. I'm already positive that he's going to marry both of them in the future or whatever. Yeah, well, what, like, yeah whatever, whatever, whatever reverse harem shit that they're going yeah. for. Which, you know, 
a, another positive point was that they took time this episode to explain why the 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 male students could actually put up a fight yeah. because because they've been training in order to get a to wife. Get married. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was like okay, we need to remind people that that's what that's what the shit is about. Um, I appreciated that because again, you could makes you like put your eyebrow up a little bit. Like you know, the show has something to say about yeah. these issues. Still, it's not like a one note kind of thing. It comes up like multiple times, so I I appreciated it. And we're kind of in wrap-up mode for this part of the story, so it people kind of had to have some revelations here. <laughs> Otherwise, what are we I doing? I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it only has one episode left, right? That's correct. Yeah, it only has one episode left, so yeah, we'll see about that one. Um, and then on other news, so I, I was caught up, but then now I'm one episode behind. But I finally watched um, I'm Quitting Heroing, and holy shit. Um, we can talk about this one now. Yeah, we could. James has been like, you know, like kind of like, you know, vaguely saying it. But watching it, it's kind of like, yo, what the fuck is this twist? Like, <laughs> yeah, What's going on? Oh, my what, God. What and it's not like the twist happens and then they go back to the army development stuff. They're like, no, that's done. No. Like, so it's, 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 it's over. <laughs> like, it's actually getting dark now. Like, yeah. dark. And not in a niggas are getting arms and shit chopped off and things like that. But it's psychologically dark and just, you know, like, it's kind of fucked up. It's kind of fucked up for the basis for the hero and what he is and what he's doing. So, uh, I mean, you can go, you could just, you should just, you could just go for it. You say what you've been wanting All right, to say. we're going to go. And, and the current episode... Um, is episode 11, so there's one more episode left. I know, Jordan, you watched the 10. I'm fully caught up. You can go ahead so, and tell me what happens on 11. I'm going to watch it so, when it's like... So in episode 5 and 6, it covers um, uh, Leon and Marinus sort of getting to know each other, getting to understand each other. And at the end of episode... I think it's episode 5. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe it's 6 and 7, but... Um, at the end of the first episode of, of that communication block, Leon teaches Marinus that, like, you have to think about what the person that you're um, interacting with socially would want to talk about, what's on their mind. Kind of like, you know, get to, literally, get to know someone so that you can communicate better. Very yeah. easy advice. We get to the end of their little arc, and so they have a little conversation after the fact where Marinus is like, okay, I learned how to communicate with other people. Now I'm going to take what I've learned and apply it to you. I think that you want to talk about something. And, and Leon is... who The character so far has not been particularly evasive. Um, and all of a sudden, he's making excuses. He's trying to change the subject, which is very like out of character. And then he we get hit with Okay, I'm gonna tell you what what's really on my mind, what's really going on, and we find out about Leon's actual backstory. So up until the point in the series, he's just sort of been, you know, former hero. I got sick of doing this shit. I want to go and like work for the Demon Army because they seem like cool people and da da da. Very lighthearted. His backstory is fucking wild. So this show was something complete. I thought this was a a, fa- a straight up fantasy, right? It is. It's also a sort of kind of post-apocalyptic sci-fi as well because yeah. we find out that the world that leon comes from isn't the high some high fantasy universe or whatever it is 
a world that seems very similar and grounded is probably Earth. They don't say it, but like it looks like modern day Japan. And yeah. You find out that he's where he got made was during the, a demon invasion thousands and thousands of years ago when there was technology and everything else, and he's like a bioengineered super weapon that is like designed to like fight and grow over time. And the reason why he's so uh, uh, out of sorts these days that he's been alive for so long that he now doesn't really have like a a material purpose or feels like he doesn't have a purpose other than to protect humanity and as we move forward in the in the story we know a bit more about his backstory we discover that not only does he feel like he doesn't have a purpose he also feels like something has gone wrong in his programming or his development such that he is breaking down and he begins to fear that because he is so strong and that there's nothing left to really uh, threaten humanity because he can beat anything, that he himself, his programming, is going to drive him to yeah. destroy humanity or to at least create danger in order to give himself a reason to live. Which is fucking crazy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that wasn't the backstory that I expected. It also, then that sets the tone for the last four, three to four episodes where, you know, um, Leon is like, okay, or Leo is like, all right, um, I'm good. Um, I, I, I gotta die. And the way I'm taking myself out, I, since I've identified that like Echidna and all of her homies, they have, they have the traits and the, and the wherewithal and the goodwill to be the real heroes. Yeah. I'm gonna go have them, like, I'm gonna create a scenario where they have to kill me. And... Leads them all to a mountain and essentially, you know, uh, goes easy on them this time with the intention to convince them to, to, to just murder him. Mm-hmm. Which is fucking crazy. So that's everything up to episode 10. Episode 11, we find out even more that, in fact, it wasn't just conjecture that he might try to destroy humanity. Literally the moment before the demon army shows up, Leo kind of goes insane and oh. manages to recreate the seven other models of <gasps> himself, and he was going to have them give them the command to annihilate humanity. And then at the very last minute, he has like a mind break and is like, "What the fuck am I doing?" And oh my destroys God. the lab that he was in, only to then find out that the demons are attacking. So that was his. They show him like mentally breaking down over thousands of years like you know okay at first yeah he's, he's very much like okay this is my Cold. mission i gotta protect gotta protect yeah. and then as time goes on he like people will say things to him and like he stops feeling emotions he stops like uh caring that um the humans actually feel safe now because when a person in the street says oh i feel so safe now that we live in such peace all he can feel is disappointment that there's nothing to for do. him to do and he has no purpose then he starts ruminating about whether he could kill everybody and would anyone even be able to stop him and like you get to see him just fall 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 and then the last piece is uh we don't know the outcome but obviously uh, the killer spell is launched and he gets hit by every member of the team and seemingly dies now i presume that echidna is going to think of a way to save him without killing him oh, but yeah. the what he laid out doesn't really leave a lot of room for like a, a fancy special ending because he basically said like having he's lived too long 
the problem isn't that he's overwhelmingly powerful. The problem is that too many bugs have piled up in his bioengineered programming yeah. where he cannot trust himself anymore. And when you're dealing with some shit like that, like, I don't know what the workaround is other than <laughs> die. Just get it, I get rid of it. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that one. But in any case, that's where you kind of leave off. The most of the episode of episode 11 is a long flashback with uh, Leo because the prior episode, it was a longer flashback with like Echidna where you find out about like, you know, her yeah. ancestors and all that shit. So like, magical spells, shit like that. Yeah. yeah. So they did a power friendship scene, but the power friendship was to kill their kill. friends. So, so I don't know. Like the show literally just keeps giving it to us. I, yeah. I love it. I like watched it over the past two days and like when it first started, I was thinking, oh, this kind of has a, a weird, especially with like the intro scene where he was walking in and the animation quality was kind of like really cool looking. I'm thinking, oh, this kind of looks like serious, serious. And he goes in there and the comedy ensues, et cetera, et cetera. And we go throughout the episodes. But I just have to let y'all know that the shift was so, it wasn't abrupt. It was just out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I guess that's what Brooke means. But you know what I mean? Like, you. It wasn't telegraphed. All, like, it wasn't the, the, telegraphed. Yeah, like, there was no. I didn't get a feeling that when I was watching the first five or six episodes that, like, oh, it's going to be like that kind of thing. Oh, we're dealing with some kind of, like, like existentially dreadful uh, ideas here that are, are, like, not fun. Like, it reminded me of. Not fun. Like, <laughs> it, it definitely reminded me of, like, even watching, like, Recon Kisa, we keep coming back to that, where it's like, oh, this is, like, Mecha Show, okay, it's Gundam, maybe it's a little weird, what the fuck, what the fuck, no. what the fuck, like, no. that That was my no. reaction. Now, it wasn't quite as, like, dramatically awful, I was just like, oh, we're going in this direction, I don't know what you do with this. Yeah. And keep it, like, you know, in the direction I thought things were going in. Well, we fucking figured it out now, so... Kudos oh, to them. Yeah. Well, now I'm now I'm probably gonna go watch that shit as soon as possible. Um, but which is what I meant by if they wanted to have a continuation, yeah, the the opportunity to do it would basically be so they have a scene where he destroys the lab that he recreated that would have been able to make all the other heroes, and they are about to wake up, but he like cuts all of them down and like breaks down on his knees, like what the fuck have I done? I could see if the if the story wanted to continue that like he gets depowered as mm-hmm. a result of all this other shit. But one of the he made a version of him. He made a a, a, a model like himself. So oh. that thing could maybe live. Be like fresh. And, exactly, and it would be like him when he started. Right. So it's not hasn't absorbed all the abilities of all the things he'd fought for three thousand years. But it would be more or less unkillable. Wow, um, that would be a nice way to continue it then. Yeah, so right. he gets depowered in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I, they don't have to do that either. They could just wrap it up. You know, it's fine. Which I, I feel like I would recommend this to people, like, from now, just based off of this, even though it hasn't even wrapped up. I would recommend this to people who are just like, I'm looking for something to watch. I'm, well, you know, if you haven't seen this, this is... It's not one of those Attack on Titan Absolutely like, not. oh my no. God. But it's just the... Oh shit! Like, what's going on? Oh yeah. my god! And so I think that it, it's it's an easy marathon. I think 
oh, over like one day in the weekend. If you're like looking for something and you think you've watched everything or, you know, you're just in between episodes for something, I would recommend picking this up because it's, it, I've just enjoyed it the entire time. You might not like the first few episodes because we're talking about like the crazy shit. <laughs> like the crazy shit starts episode five, six. But before that, it's more so akin to like realist hero, um, mm-hmm. city building, planning, logistics, um, assigning workloads, things like that, which clearly we like because we really liked Realist Hero and Genius Prince. So, <laughs> like, come on, like, I don't know what else to tell you, but yeah, um, but yeah, I highly recommend it. We will be ready for that final episode because I want to know what the fuck is going to happen. Okay, that's I all need you can to know. ask for. That's all you can ask for. Like, it these little like B and C tier productions that punch a little bit above their weight class because they do something interesting that you can consume in a short amount of time and if you aren't trying to dig too deep into something that's going on this is not there will be no fandom you know for these types of series but there's at least enough interesting happening that while you're watching it you're like this is this is not a waste of my time yeah um Yeah, yeah it definitely doesn't feel like a waste of time agreed um, right. Did you watch anything else? I did. So I actually got around to watching um, Kukuru's Doan's Island, the new Gundam movie. Mm. Um, we've talked multiple times about different aspects of both its production. Like how production it's spin-off and after spin-off. You spin-off and spin-off this. and everything else. And I, you know, as someone who was original Gundam watcher and barely remembered that episode, which is episode 15 of the original Gundam series, if you ever want to check that out i would say that the movie has a lot more going for it than that episode um the broad plot which has not actually changed all that much from the episode it's expanding is that um it takes place right around the time that uh the white base and amuro have come to earth and it's if anyone has ever watched gundam and i'm gonna make an argument for like why a movie like this Probably should just mean they should just remake the original Gundam as, like, a TV series. A, most people don't really remember the story of the original Gundam, let alone the kind of phases that it went through or any of the characters. Which means that when you turn on this movie, there's a lot that you are either expected to pick up really quickly or just know. Because the Amuro Ray character has shown up in a lot of media over the years, but the version most people are familiar with is the Amuro Ray that's an adult, or at like least was around. Yeah, yeah, was either was around after the original series, like all the iconic stuff that most non Gundam fans might be familiar with is what he looked like during the Char's counterattack movie, which is canonically when he dies. So that's him as an adult. Amuro Ray. Is really supposed to be, I think, what fifteen or sixteen years old um, mm-hmm. for throughout the events of most of the original Gundam. He only, I think, two years, or no, one year passes during the original Gundam series. It's exactly oh, one year. So okay. he starts out at fifteen and ends at sixteen. So the thing is that the Amori character actually has multiple phases during the UC show that have, in some ways, very little to do with each other. By the end of the of the show, he's this like you know hardened ace taking on, you know, the best whatever. He's been through a lot of emotional shit. Both of his parents have, like... Like, oh, like, like, a bunch of shit happens. But by episode 15, this is, like, peak um, angsty Amuro, but it's also peak angsty everybody on the crew. Because the plot of the original show was um, Amuro's dad creates the Gundam. It's this prototype that they... That the, the... 
you know, the, the UC, not UC, the, uh, the, the, the federal forces have to fight against the big robots that the Xeon have, which are the Zaku. It's on the, the colony where the family grows up. The colony is attacked by the Xeon. Amuro's dad essentially dies, but before he dies, he kind of shows that he doesn't give a fuck about his son. All he cares about is the robot. And of course, Amuro gets in the robot and all the stuff happens. He gets down to Earth. And by this point, everybody on the white base is in a very weird place because up until maybe episode 12 or 13, they were kind of operating on a very ad hoc basis. Amuro's a literal child who's now been drafted into this war effort because it turns out he's a genius pilot. But there yeah. are actual children um, who were the survivors off of the, the side seven, I think, that they come from. Like, There's a lot of people on the white base that are not military people. And some of them weren't but got drafted in the middle of the fight. And Amuro's in like a very angsty place because he's been rejected by his mom who he met on Earth, and basically she was horrified that he was a pilot. And mm. Bright, who's the captain, is... he's a young, People forget that Bright, that character, is also super young. And he is kind of sick of Amuro. He wants Amuro to leave. Because, A, he, he, he doesn't like the fact that they're employing child soldiers. He also thinks Amuro's immature and well, doesn't 15, yeah, so... Yeah, it doesn't... And, and either shouldn't be there or... or uh, for, like, behavioral reasons, because he's still a fucking brat. Um, but then also for, like, ethical reasons. He wants him off the ship, but he knows he can't get rid... He, the only way he can get rid of him is for Amuro to quit, because the federal... for The the, the Fetty government is just gonna use him, because he's, he's a genius. Yeah. So that's where we're at at the beginning of the series. There's a lot of tension, and a lot of characters had already had a lot going on, which is not explained at all. Like... At all, so you, you get have maybe to two... know that backstory. Yeah, on. like because if you don't know it, it seems like everyone's being an asshole to each other for no good reason. <laughs> and even when they do the flashbacks, it's flashbacks to asshole things that they were doing. For example, Bright canonically slaps the shit out of yeah. Amuro in like episode, I want to say like thirteen or fourteen. So it just it just happened. Like he just he went to his cabin. Amuro was complaining about something, and Bright just like gives him the two piece of a biscuit. And, and Moro's like, you slap me! Not even my mom slap me! It's like, bro. Like, he's a he's a, he's, he's a brat. He's an asshole. And then the plot of the actual episode is, after this event happens, they are given orders to go investigate this island where they've been losing patrols. And the, the you know, it's supposed to be like a tiny little mission. And so Amuro kind of leaves in a huff. With a with a you know a couple of uh, people from the white base to go investigate this island, he lands on the island to look around, gets defeated in combat by Ooh. a Zaku and knocked out. And he wakes up and instead of like being captured, he's at a lighthouse with all these little kids um, and their caretaker and this guy Doan, who is clearly the Zeon pilot who beat him, but for whatever reason he's like helping him out. He's like nursing him back to health. He's like farming, and you find out that like. Doan has kind of taken over the caretaker role for the and for the people who are on this island who are all there, all orphans, to escape the war. There's also a, a young woman who's sort of like oh. looking after them. And that's all you know for most of the episode until it turns out that he, he isn't just there by choice. Yeah, he's a Xeon defector, but he's there because he is trying to uh, dis... 
interfere with a Zeon plan. So then some Zeon guys show up, he fights him, loses, Amuro joins him, they they win in the end, and then Doan sort of ritualistically gives up his Zaku to basically be like, I'm now finally putting down my sword, I am now, you know, whatever. But the tension is, is 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 uh, Amuro going to have to kill Doan? Because, Ooh. you know, he lost the fight. Now, they that's not what happens. So that's the content of the original episode. They expand a shit ton of that in the movie. In the movie, all the same beats happen, but we also find out about Doan and his history. And it turns out he was the leader of a elite um, Zeon unit, and he defected once he got to Earth, and they were slaughtering like people in cities. Oops. And he was like, "Bro, I can't do this." But he's like, he's an ace pilot, and yeah. he leaves. His old unit is full of uh, crazy assholes who are also. Enjoy probably the aces yeah they're enjoying the slaughter but they're also probably zeon aces as well they're very very upset that doan defected but the rumor is that he's dead and it turns out that, it, that what they flesh out more in this um in the movie is that on the island is a nuclear weapon system which is a fail safe built by the zeon that if the fetties are able to counterattack, they would nuke all the major cities Oh my god. To destroy the culture of the earth. So like, you know, London, France, Paris, Washington, D.C. Like they're going to destroy all these places with nukes despite the treaty, um, the Antarctica Treaty, which bans all nukes in the Gundam universe. They're going to do that anyway. Um, Now that part is added on, at least from my memory, like there's not that, you know, that detail is not a major part, but it does offer a really cool... It adds stakes. Yeah, it adds stakes, and now and so now we've got like the the ace team coming in. They've got a reason to be there once they find out that Doan might be alive because Amuro re- helps the kids repair the lighthouse, which has been turned off. He thinks that it's like, oh, I'm uh, doing everyone a solid because like the water generators. Are, but by him turning the lighthouse back on, it all that lighthouse was a cover for the broadcast system back to the Zeon about the status of that base. That they're about to fire all that stuff off from. So, you know, they've managed to, like, pull together a slightly more impressive story. There's, like, two or three... No, there's, like, no, there's four. There's there's four major, like, fight scenes um, that involve, like, cool units. Some of them aren't that long, but you get to see Doan basically kick Amuro's ass. And you could argue that, like, he was... Amuro was very out of his own headspace, given what was going on. Um... From the white base, yeah. yeah right, yeah, so that yeah. part was super fun. I like the the enemy um, Zaku team because, you know, they don't have a lot of time to establish them, but, like, it's like every archetype. There's, like, the guy who just joined the team who's, like, a psychopath who only joined so he could fight Doan because he heard he was strong. You know, oh. there's, the, there's the leader who is obsessed with, um, the fact that he was always number two when, uh, in terms of skill, when Doan was in the team, now he's in charge of it. But all people can talk about is the old he's commander. Doan. There's yeah. the there's the female pilot who may have had a thing for him, but felt betrayed because he left them to do whatever. And then there's like the fodder guys, so they can get killed off real quick in the beginning. There's a, actually a fucking fantastic and dark scene where Amuro, uh, uh catches a Xeon pilot out of his suit and fucking steps on him. Oh! And it's played like a horror movie because in the beginning, Amuro and one of the kids from the island are like running away from the Xeon who are in the suit, but he managed to get into the Gundam in an underground base. And so the guy pulls the curtain back with his Zaku, sees the Gundam, and then like Amuro immediately like launches at him and like, 
annihilates him with like the sword through the cockpit so the thing doesn't explode and then the yeah. other pilot hears it and he's running for his suit and instead Almer was like slowly walking with the Gundam out of the dark and the guy's like screaming and then you see the foot come down so like oh this is God. not like a yeah like you know Gundam is cool you see Gundam especially because dudes get whopped like when you when 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 you're overpowered by like an ace or like a team that's fucking crazy like people getting their their heads blown off like suits getting d- dismantled, dismembered, chopped in half. Like when you people go out, they go out hard in oh. uh, these series. And the animation was good, music was very good, um, and the vibe. I and obviously they, they had to change a lot of the uh, um, the lines, right? Because mm-hmm. they added so much, and that they even re they they clearly redid obviously almost every shot from the original. So the voice performances fit. They feel like I'm watching original Gundam. But then I step back at the end, right? Like, I look at the whole thing. It's about an hour and a half. And it's it's beautiful. And they use some CGI to save money, but it looked good, you know, on a lot of the combat. I'm like, if you can do this... Why? This why not episode. just remake the series? That this, yeah. this feels like the time to do it. Like we we've had Gunpla like, is surging. Exactly. We've had like oh, how many years since fifty? Almost. We're are we on the fifty year anniversary? Or I we got to be close. So. We got to be real close. Eighty. Yeah, I, I I don't know, but yeah, because it came. It, it I mean, Gundam came out in uh, the early seventies, right? Was it early seventies? I think it was early seventies. The original Gundam. I mean, I can't be sure, but it, it's got to be. If yeah, not, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. not the if not the fifty year anniversary, nineteen seventy nine. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Like we're. I think then that would make this the forty forty fifth. Forty fourth. Whatever. 40, we're close. Yeah. Whatever it is, we're some anniversary. But like this is the moment. Nobody out there. Like, we've had like literally like. 12 generations <laughs> you know 10 to 12 generations if you go, kind of generation by like you know every five to seven years like there's a lot of kids who don't know what the fuck uc gundam is UC and gundam, there's yeah. no good easy way to go back and catch it even the remastered like stuff the only thing they've ever done is like add some scenes for like a zeta gundam you know in the movie versions like they, we, there has not been a remake and this is perfect. They've clearly been fucking around with like using CGI to replace a lot of the hand drawn like mecha stuff. It yeah. started a while ago, and like this movie is proof that like you can do a very convincing, slightly updated UC Gundam series. They literally just remade one episode. Just remake all the episodes. You don't have to spend all this fucking money. Yeah. Just like redo it. And the voice actors were perfect. Amuro sounded sounded great. All the other um, recast members of the crew were awesome and i i couldn't tell i mean you know i'm a gundam fan so kai and hayato and sayla and all those other people like they they sounded good to me they sounded convincingly you know like the like the original voice actors i don't know how many came back and how many didn't but that's not the point the point is after i finished watching this all i could think about was a that they should just do a remake gundam series now strike while the iron is hot and B, this movie got made off the strength, uh, purely off the strength of like a few limited edition uh, UC Gundam model kits. So, on that note, I feel like one thing that probably 
they should be doing, but they didn't do. And I feel like it's a misstep because when we talk about Gundam and like mainstream stuff, I'm like Gundam Build Fighters, that's like 2013. So that's right. when the shit started like popping off, popping off. But I remember like recently when uh, Ready Player One came out and the Gundam right. was in it. Yeah. I remember seeing on the internet people being like, what is this? A Gundam? What Gundam is that? And it's like, what do you mean what Gundam is that, bitch? That's the OG one. But because they didn't put, like, what, the Exia or, like, the double O Gundam in that shit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. niggas was like, oh, I don't know what the fuck that is. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, that's a Gundam? Well, that shows you about that fucking Exia, man. Yeah? Oh, my God. So I'm thinking, like, you know... If there's ever a time, like you said, it's now because people are interested, but they're interested in those suits. So it's like, and you know, niggas are not gonna niggas are not gonna go watch original Gundam the way no. that it looks right now. No, they're not touching it. They're not touching it unless they're like a um, what's gonna call it like the retro anime platform thing. Unless they're one of those people who are like, oh, mm-hmm. I only I only watch anime released before 1995 like or some shit like that then those niggas will watch it but every as far as like mainstream mainstream original gundam it's yeah they're gonna have to remake it or else you know it'll just have to pop up in super robot wars and that's it yeah and even when, mean, he, when even when he's in super robot wars they always give him v gundam yeah victory gundam yeah. so which is pretty random to me now i will admit i don't i only pay attention to like international sales figures and then mm. if i if i care sometimes if i'm like looking for because i i i buy a lot of model well not a lot i buy some model kits and so i i tend to just keep my eye open to know okay when is there a release announcement for something does it mean i buy it no but like you can kind of tell by what gets released where the interest level is for a lot of stuff and i can tell you for a fact that in japan um from a pop culture point of view, the original UC Gundam is still incredibly recognizable. We're talking like the way people in the United States know who The Rock is, mm-hmm. people in Japan know the original Gundam as like an icon. Oh. So it's very iconic in Japan, but as is. As far as um, the hero suits in a lot of the games and in a lot of the. Uh, just media in general, for whatever reason, it is Exia, which I think probably has a lot to do with Build Fighters because of how popular that series is domestically and then got outside of Japan. So it's both both suits are very well known. What I like to think about, though, is like, okay, so this movie got made. I don't know exactly what it cost to make, but I know that it on, you know, the in the week that it had been out, it probably made about like seven or eight million dollars, which if you go by, if you just take a, a mental math of like a lot of animated movies in the japanese market they typically don't actually have like humongous budgets by hollywood standards we're talking yeah. like maybe you know you get to like a seven or eight million dollar movie but even like the um the evangelion movies didn't cost more than like i think 30 million 20 or 30 million what yeah i know it, they're not big productions by by western standards so that's why when you look at like what they these movies gross and it's not like billion like I don't think there's been a billion dollar movie ever produced out of the Japanese market. Whereas like in the yeah. United States and through Hollywood, you typically get one every three or four years, right? 
you know, an Avengers movie will do it, or yeah. you know, the, uh, the the whatever, like Avatar or something. But like those movies have three hundred, four hundred million dollar budget sometimes. That's what a that's what like a a triple A Hollywood production. Japan doesn't cost that much relative. So what I'm saying in all of this is, when you look at plastic model sales, <laughs> when they start grossing in the billions of dollars. It becomes very easy to understand how a movie like this, which can not possibly be for more than the very familiar Japanese market where like 50-year-olds and 60-year-olds know what Gundam is and were into it when they were kids, or like the super hardcore anime nerds who are into the Gundam as it is right now, and then the Gunpla people who may not really watch anime, but they love the plastic... You put those three markets together just in Japan, that pays for this film. You take it overseas, that's just like a cherry on top. And if you took that same budget and put it towards a TV series, you'd get a pretty good TV series. So they can just fund almost anything off of plastic models. They can do it. Plastic. Plastic. (laughs) So just do it. Like, what are we fucking waiting for? Make the... Do a remake series... You know, uh, go pick up those, the, those, uh, um, you know, the, the, the side, there's like a million Gundam side story mangas that can all be mm. adapted. There, there's so many that did so well over the, I mean, they're making, they're, I mean, the Hathaway's Flash is from a book, a Gundam novel that nobody in the United States ever read. Yeah. Yeah. Like relative to the population, yeah, I didn't like even know about that. I only Bell Torchica's children. Like I know it exists yeah. because of like wiki shit. Okay, yeah. I don't even know where I would go buy a translated copy if I wanted one. So yeah. they can make anything. They made that. They made. A, they remade the worst episode animation wise of of Gundam. That seems like a meme. This the whole the fact this movie exists is its own meme. But it is, and they spent millions of dollars on it. Well, so it's fucking wild. Hopefully the future bodes well for UC. Well, not UC, because all that shit's under UC. Maybe they'll do something for Char's counterattack before they actually do something for, like, UC. That's a, I mean, that's I a like good... I know Char's name. Yes. And the funny thing is that, like, I've rewatched the movie, Char's counterattack, and it still holds up. It looks fucking fantastic. But, 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 but. It's of that era of like the the eighty late eighties, hand drawn. Where mm-hmm. if you re release it, even if you re release like a remastered version of it, the the audience for that versus like what do you what new thing are you going to sell with a remaster? Because they've already done a Blu Ray re release. What do you oh, what do you ha- oh well they, yeah what like yeah. what are you really gonna get for that? Not much. But if you like if you do a remake. Or you do something that either takes place right before or right after. I swear that there's... I I read maybe two years ago that they were thinking about doing something with like a, like some Jupiter Fleet related thing. Like a movie or or like a ONA. And then it kind of like fell off the face of the earth. That's why I like the... I was like looking at like the Witch from Mercury and original. I'm like, is this another... Are they doing one of the UC ones? Because there's a crazy Mars uh, uh, spinoff. Um, Mars and Jupiter spinoff for Gundam that is outrageous and takes place at a really cool period, but like, I didn't see shit about that. So I'm cool with it. I recommend people go watch it. It's if you're into like anything Gundam at all, it's just a really long 
incredibly well-produced television episode. That's what it is. I don't think they ever pretended it was anything else. But, you know, you're not... Like, if you're getting shit like this randomly, it's probably a good time to be a Gundam fan. Because, like, this is the yeah. last thing I would have spent my money on, and they just went <laughs> for it. Um, yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I feel like I don't really need to watch it. Or maybe I'll watch it randomly and basically be like, oh, okay. This I would say that at some point they will repost a lot of the best sort of high Clips. either action scenes or things like uh, the Sakuga, which, which there's a lot. Like, I, I'm going to point out again, incredibly well animated and the whole thing feels like what the remake of this series should, should look be. like. Yes. Like what Dragon Ball Super should have looked like or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, if I got a series that looked like... Like, that's the thing, though. Like, I hate... I hate Super. I hate it. But, like, when I watched Super, I was like, why didn't you do X? This is the thing that I want want them to do with a remake of anything you see Gundam. I want this. Whatever they did with this movie, because it, it walks the line between really colorful, expressive, hand-drawn authentic feeling UC Gundam stuff updated from the 70s and budget friendly um, you know CGI incorporated modern looking animation and effects that are very out of place when you remember what the original looked like but in this the way they mashed it together it looked great so do that Whatever they did with Super, don't do that. <laughs> do the opposite of that. Well, speaking of Super, oh um, I just have questions. I don't read the manga, but apparently the movies are canon. Brawly movie's supposed to be canon. Apparently Brawly was mentioned in the manga. Because I was just having a conversation with a friend this week. And so... So... This takes place... After the current arcs, okay, super, superheroes is that what's supposed? To, that's what it's supposed to be. That's my. That's what I believe. Okay, because I heard somewhere I didn't see it, but Gohan has a new form, and I'm like, oh well, if Gohan has a new form, I was like, well, was that in the manga? And it's not in the manga, so I'm like, <sighs> well, if this is gonna be canon, then where is it gonna be introduced into the series? So, I don't go. Know. Gohan has a new form, just like Piss Yellow Piccolo. Oh. Um, I hope. It <laughs> Shouldn't looks his form cool. just be Super Saiyan three? Like, what are we talking about? Here? I just the thing he know. never did. It's I, I don't I've forgotten the name. Someone told me the name, and I was like, if it's Mystic, anything I don't care. Yeah, like, I agree with you. We that boat care. sailed. That boat sailed in nineteen ninety four. I do not care. <laughs> Mystic my ass. Like, who gives a fuck? I would like to see if Pawn gets some more highlights, but also. I think the thing that I was told was that it's definitely in the future as far as like the current arc in the manga because uh, Goten and Trunks are teens. So they are grown up a little bit more. So. Okay. Wow, that's good. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with that. And also, apparently, they're supposed to be animating the moral arc, but no one knows when that's supposed to happen. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and there's supposed to be like a Galaxy Police arc also. And I'm just. What are they doing? I know they have the money, but I don't know. I just I just have questions. I just have questions. Also, when are you gonna bring Brawly back? I enjoyed that movie, primarily for the Sakuga, but it I enjoyed great. that movie. 
I really enjoyed that movie. Um, but when are you gonna actually use the character? Like, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Does it feel to you like how there's like the Disney vault and as a company Disney just is so shit out. Yeah, like and they're so like weirdly overprotective of their IP, but then also they'll abuse it for any reason to make up but it's just it's just a strange yeah spot to be in where it's like we are the caretakers of this legendary treasure of human culture and so we're going to be very careful about doing anything interesting with it and then on the other hand it's like oh can you can you plaster the little mermaid all over a bunch of shitty lunch boxes and it's like yeah we'll do that tomorrow it's like oh okay <laughs> we'll do it but you can't do anything and we'll do yeah, you everything can't do to shit, make though. sure that it doesn't become public domain yeah fuck off yeah <sighs> but yeah that's all i had as far as just like current topics is we do you have any news oh okay what are the things um i think maybe be complaining about ruby is gonna waste everyone's time again but that's coming we'll uh, save that for yeah for, uh, we'll, we'll do a whole episode on your uh, ruby experience uh, and whatever it might turn out to be with this yes new right um fun fun you know pre-controversy we have Harem in the Labyrinth of Another World coming, and they have oh yeah, they got three, three versions fucking of that shit versions, baby. They got three versions. Oh, one they with got the audio. Wait, one with the censored, censored. Yep, that's one right. That's the TV with one. Not the audio censored, but the only the visual censored. And, and the then the unedited version. version, baby. Now, which one do you think I will be watching? At least for the, one episode, because I don't really have completely. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh God, why are, are we? Me? What? What are, are you, you even? Kidding me? What? <laughs> what are you I don't know why that middle going? one even exists. I don't honest. know either. Maybe it's for niggas to watch it on the subway or something. Like I don't I, know. Yeah, I I, know. I, I, I don't. I mean, first of all, these motherfucking degenerates. You think they give a shit about putting that shit out in public? They don't give a goddamn. I mean, a single the, goddamn. Yeah, you know what? You're right. They don't. They don't care. Also, and I promise you, right. I don't, I don't get a lot out of like most filth, but from my point of view, we've already had the dick slap actually happen in a show that aired. Like, what, I forgot about that. There's nowhere else to go. I, do, I like, I'm okay. I'll take that back. I'm sure there's a bottom that we haven't reached yet. Yes, I know. Like, there always just, is. There's always, there's always a new bottom. But like, the distance between a the the dick slap and anything else is got to be much smaller. So like, why even? Why are we fucking around? Just like, go full unedited. The people who want it want it. The people who don't are gonna like raise hell on the internet. It is it's gonna be what it is. And frankly, like mm. from what I've read about the series, there's nothing in it that's like, oh god, I need to see this. You know, like it's not gonna. It's not like there's gonna be any moral panic from like parents whose children are clamoring to watch yeah, harem no. in another world, in a labyrinth in another world. It's all ready for a niche. So anyway, and they're gonna watch it. They will it. watch it. Absolutely. Um, I mean, besides that and some of the previews for the upcoming season, I don't really have, like, there's not a lot of, like, news that moves me. Well, I mean, I'm excited for, um, is it is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Because it's going to be a two-core season. That's cool. Okay. And so, and I know a lot of the source material people who are reading up on it 
they said that this is great because these next few arcs are really good and they need the time to expound upon like what's going on because the most recent season it wasn't bad but it definitely was kind of rushed um and then i didn't even really give a fuck at all about the um the prostitute like that's not a prostitute one like that arc that was just rushed as fuck i was like i don't know what the fuck y'all are doing and it got good at the end at the end but like i didn't i i promise you i didn't care at all in the beginning like the beginning it's like it's so like the the thing about don machi is that it tries to be vanilla in the wrong places i'm not saying it shouldn't be like a vanilla story they need to get back to the dungeon yeah like the um i get that it's a very common trope to do the thing where you have a bunch of hyper sexualized characters inside the world that they live in and then you have your sort of dopey um vanilla main character who just sort of stands around and just just witnesses all of this at all times and whatever else but that's an aesthetic thing what the best thing that don machi actually had going for it in the first couple of seasons was that there was a clear love interest with a conflict right you have the two characters that you're like these are the this is the 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 romantic core but then they have to be separated so now you've got like that complication which then allows for these other stereotypes of the harem to assert themselves as characters but give a reason why you know they're over like the, you know the the whatever the goddess is like her boobs are spilling out all the time and she's obsessively sort of protective whatever but like there were episodes in in season 2 like when they leave the city where you you meet other regular people i remember there was a the character who actually had fallen in love with the goddess that was looking after him and like it was a very tragic oh, kind of yeah. story they were doing a lot with that which made the shenanigans of like the harem building and i'm sorry they're making a familia it's a harem <laughs> like it's a harem. like that what part of it there? took a ba- enough of a backseat that all the other drama could be played up and and when the series needed to get like very serious and need to get very like um um impactful and heavy that you could do it it didn't feel like the other shit was a diversion in season three especially i felt like everything to everything that, that did not have to do with the harem was just a diversion it was the other way around it was the parts that were supposed to be heavy and world building and interesting that were treated as like a sideshow and it partly could just be that it was all sort of mangled and mushed together to maybe make it make the runtime shorter yeah and so they left out a lot of like the cool stuff that world building stuff that's and the and the feeling of threat and danger because they got there uh with the, the the that prostitute chick they got there at the end where you see like oh shit these gods are like fucking shit up. Which one who was the one who died or got her ass kicked at the very end of that? Oh one? yeah, I forgot her name, but yeah, someone got fucked up at the end of that season. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yo, that's right. It could go real bad for these motherfuckers, and like the the uh, the punishment is they are never able to come back down. Yeah, right. Like if you're you in the regular world, celestial. Yeah, yeah, like that's a real. Those are some real fucking stakes, and if you apply that to the main cast, oh, it actually matters now that they succeed at whatever they're trying to do. So. Am I excited? Sort of. Sort I mean, of. Like, I, mean I, I know that a lot of people said that the third season was like the beginning of the main storyline. I, I believe that. makes sense. It's, is yeah. it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Which is like, 
it's saying girls, but it's like the monster race relations. Yeah. What's going on. But then also I'm just like, I would like for them to expound upon what the fuck the done. Like, where did it come from? And I think, did they say that there were other dungeons? No, not that there are other dungeons, but there's like, there's a whole world outside of the dungeon where people like come from all over to the dungeon. But they're only talking about what Hellenic gods or like Zeus gods or stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's kind of just like, well, where where are the other gods in the world? Like, are they on Earth or do they have their own separate thing? And is this the only dungeon that exists? Like, what's going on outside the dungeon? Because it almost seems like they've given up on progressing through the dungeon because of all the drama. Exactly, in the city. exactly, exactly. And we lost really the care. thread. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really care about them like doing the recruiting thing or like getting the big house from whoever Apollo or whatever. I was like, okay, yeah, these are necessary, but I would have appreciated if they were necessary in like getting deeper into the dungeon and like, Mm -hmm. you know, leveling up, finding new skills, like making a contract with the blacksmith and shit like that, getting Hestia out of debt and then having that around like something like that. But the plot line or you know the whatever wherever we're going with the monsters it cannot be done they can't just do the monster thing and it'd be like okay now we're gonna go back now no the monsters have to be an integral part of the storyline because they played it up so much and like you said the last few episodes of the second season were great i thought that like the last two episodes of the third season were entertaining but i only thought they were entertaining because niggas was just bleeding all over the place like it had yes. nothing to do. It had nothing to do with the actual story. Like they were just like mauling niggas. So I need more than mauling. Yeah, it was like the man. very like all the. I remember was it season two where it started with like the battle to get the house, or was that season? Yeah, three? I don't know. yeah. So when it was like Bell versus everybody, I was like, oh, that's fucking ill. We took yeah. away a lot of the things that were sort of backstopping our main character. We're putting them in a real perilous position where you can't see a way out of it. And then the excitement is like following through to to a win, however by yeah. hook or by crook. That is why season one was so so, you know, uh, caught fire so much because that scene with the Minotaur was yes. like all of that combined. We got so far away from that ethos in th- the third season, partially because the world building actually had to take over the story, and it's not that the world building is bad; it's that. If you push it through the lens of all that monster shit, it has nothing to do with our main characters. No. Nothing to do with them at all. I mean, I I want them to go into details more so about, like, why the gods put the monsters in the tower. Like, why the monsters cannot be outside the tower and shit like that. Mm -hmm. How they were able to do that. Things like that. I felt like if that stuff was explained more so in the third season, I would have enjoyed it more. But the overall, just like, we hate monsters thing. It was... So it was it was it was heavy handed and to the point of being just dumb. It wasn't it didn't feel it did not feel like, yes, there's it's allegorical to the real world. We understand we're not dumb when we're not stupid, but don't this is the whole thing. You can't write a character or a story that is smarter than you, the writer, are if you don't have very well developed and complex ideas about a subject, anything you write about it is not going to be particularly well-developed or particularly complex or particularly compelling. It's going to be flat. It's going to be like, these guys are bad because they're racist and they're racist because they're bad. And you're like, okay, once we've figured that part out, 
what we else? don't need ten ep- episodes yeah. to spool that. St- we already know what that. We need is dungeon diving. Yes, the part that's, that's actually we interesting. We need some dungeon diving. So hopefully we get back to that. Um, more so the skill system. I want I want more like inter into like you know integration of the skills and you know oh Bell's OP because he got this new skill and it might seem like stupid but mixed with all his other shit it's OP like let's get let's, I want more of that but so mm-hmm. I am looking forward to it Overlord's coming I mean whatever I'm gonna watch it I'm not as huge of an Overlord fan as everyone else I enjoy the show but it's just it's not as like engaging as I feel people make it out to be at least for me it's not um. I like that it is this generation's of anime fans mix up of extreme graphic torturous violence mm-hmm. and, and fan lizard service. fucking. Yes, and fan service of all kinds. Yeah. Okay, that's what it is because yeah. when when characters get killed or the violence happens, it is so absurd. And over the top, and and, and they take bloody. niggas out permanently. And yes, they yeah. kill lots of motherfuckers. They love like the series is built on the you didn't know my real power reveal moment, like over and over and over and over again. And it's not apologetic about that part. Neither is it apologetic about the extreme fan service. I mean, boobs flopping everywhere, just like. It's it's everything you could possibly every archetype they've crammed it all into like one one world one series, and so there's that the voice acting performances are hilariously like oh, over yeah. the top, oh, which yeah. I appreciate. Plenty of people get off on the kind of power fantasy here. It's like you're it, the and I would say that's actually a problem of the series is that you have a main character who is a a regular human who is supposedly not a degenerate supposedly. All of his like, you know, clanmates were degenerates, which is why the all the the creatures in his dungeon are some kind of like porn fantasy for somebody. But he's supposedly not right. He's just stuck yeah. here. And in episode one, his his excuse is, "Well, I played this character in the online game when I was just a regular dude. Now I'm inhabiting this character. I'm just gonna be the same person." But the person he is inhabiting is an evil creature bent on world domination. And that's not, like, comedy. It's legit. So he's committing genocide. He's got to follow through. He's he's breeding animals like this is like some Hitler-esque eugenics program. He's wiping out and murdering people. He's deceiving innocents and having Enslaving. them, like... And, yeah, he's doing all this horrible shit, so he's a... He's not an anti-hero. He's just a villain, like a yeah. pretty bad person. And that's always the weird part about Overlord is that normally when you want to do your car- your uh, viewer insert power fantasy, something is done to sort of like Placate. make yeah, like make you the audience not feel icky about supporting and being excited for the things that you're seeing your your insert character doing but outside of like you know the fact that he seems to like to protect the weak if they're human and whatever there's not a lot of there's not a lot to latch on to as far as like the morals or the anything about the eins character it's really creepy yeah it's creepy he just gives a lot of speeches and then like mass murders people and 
okay. I, I, I enjoy that. And I'm not like, you know, I have no feeling about admitting that it's a lot of fun to watch. But that's also the reason why there's not much to it. Any of the characters, the setting, there's like yeah. it's deep. It's it's broad, not deep. If I, that's the way I would Ooh, think about it. Ooh, that's a really good way to put it. That's right, because there are a whole bunch of storylines going on with like the supporting cast in addition to his own, but nothing is like, oh wow, this is gonna be super important later. It's just kind of like, nope, this is just a story, and eventually someone's gonna cross them and they're gonna fuck them up exactly there's a whole lot of like oops i did a genocide moments where it's like you know good thing they didn't find out that i'm not really a mass murdering psychopath because i mass murdered a bunch of people in psychopathic ways by accident or Or like whatever yeah oh yeah like he like i sometimes i tell this guy to do stuff and then he just enslaves an entire race of of individuals and forces them to interbreed so that they can harvest their bodies from like you know like like okay i i this is this is fun but like, what are you? What are you saying? I'm just sorry, y'all. I really checked out with the with the lizard fucking. Like, they really animated like the lizard fucking, and I was like, all right, I think this is a little. This is like one step too far for me. Well, the, they show like the the like hot and bothered lizard face, and you're just like, oh yeah. shit, oh, my God. oh shit. Oh, I don't want to remember. Okay, but yeah, that's coming back. And I think like my only other piece of news that I would even be interested in like bringing up is that Cyberpunk Edge Runners is coming out in September. I'm interested in that. Yes, definitely. I'm interested only if it's a primarily studio trigger led thing because I do not trust y'all no more. CD Projekt Red. I'm so sorry. Cyberpunk was just I put time into it. Um, I I plan to go back. I plan to go back and start the game over, but. I don't know, like, even with the story that they were giving us, I really wasn't that into it. Now, mm. I know Trigger, they're gonna they're gonna do what they need to do. Like, animation-wise, I'm positive it's gonna look fucking gorgeous. Um, or extremely stylized and gorgeous within that style. But, um, yeah, even if they do, like, a kill-a-kill, like, plot ripoff, I don't care. I'll, I'll take it. As long as, like, Studio Trigger's at the head. But, it looks good. It looks interesting. Um, and since it's Netflix, we're getting all the episodes simultaneously. Or I'm assuming we're getting all the episodes on the same day. If that's how they're doing it. But yeah. We'll see. I am excited for it, though. Because I really do like these character designs. Like, a lot. Like, if they sold this nigga's jacket, I'd buy it. Like, immediately. <laughs> but, yeah. That's about that's about all I got for, like, news. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about a recommendation i have this week that is a longer sort of um sort of recommendation than we normally do Um, so i had the opportunity to read a series called a night of embers which can alternatively be translated as um the ember night depending on what uh service you're using um it is a fantasy action um story by an author named juan dong who prior to this wrote um and illustrated a series called gilgamesh and these two uh uh, series are take place in the same universe though if you read gilgamesh you'll see that like the both the art style the presentation and the vibe is a lot different or at least feels a lot different um especially from like the early chapters yeah the best and this is like high praise, so but it but it's more like the the feeling. 
that it gives off rather than the maybe like the heights it might be able to reach the, yeah. the what i get when i read ember knight was some real like hunter hunter oh um tower what? of god vibes but mixed with like a little wuxia so like you're sort of like um martial arts as well as influences from like other fantasy series maybe like red storm is another one that comes done well it is but it's a little confusing so much so i so so the reason i take a little bit longer so i want to talk about some other series that i kind of had a similar relationship to as to how i got into them so the first so i mentioned like red storm and red storm is another manhwa that kind of straddles the webtoon era because it it's much like ember knight Red Storm is, takes place in the same written universe as another series that predated it called Peerless Dad. And oh wow! If you had read Peerless Dad and then went over and read Red Storm, your first takeaway would be these don't have a lot in common with each other, and from like presentation and other things. And so maybe you get sort of to the middle to end of Peerless Dad when the tone changes a little bit. But definitely Red Storm. Um, which is a, a, a fantasy um, sort of swords and sorcery, but with a Middle Eastern and uh, Western Middle vibe kind of crammed together. The, when you start reading Red Storm, there's a lot of... that You could tell immediately that there's a lot of depth in the universe that's not being spoon-fed to you, and that there was a lot of effort put into developing the cultures. And so it takes a little bit, I think, for any reader who's maybe not familiar with the, either the prior series and how they interact, which is very interesting. Um, takes you a little bit to get into Red Storm, but then once you do, you start to see how a lot of different elements from other um, classic series are being remixed in a way that are very original. And it felt by the time you're sort of in the pace of the series, you're like, oh, this is its own thing. It's really cool. There's a lot of really cool ideas here. I'm getting a very specific vibe that's not like other things. I had the same experience with Ember Knight, because I picked it up blind, did not know that it had a predated series that had even some of the early life of the of characters that show up um, mm-hmm. in Ember Knight, but it's not a sequel. So I have said all this, and I have not even described what it's about. So Ember Knight is a story of two brothers who are twins. One is named Najin, and the other's name is uh, Nagyun. And Najin is a is like a genius, um, like a great fighter, and is being trained to become a knight, which in the world that this takes place in are like super-powered uh, uh, agents of whatever kingdom or government that they're aligned with. Working for, yeah. And he is like sort of the, considered to be like the once-in-the-generation prodigy. His brother, Nagyun is completely worthless as in weak and has no where anything that Najin is good at Nagyun is bad at the only thing Nagyun is good at is concealing his thoughts and his emotions because when the brothers were young an accident in their village led to the death of like a bunch of people where they are accused of setting a fire that killed all these people and so in their village both brothers are relentlessly bullied. They have no parents. They're sort of like, you know, they have no parents. They live on their own, but they're treated like garbage. So Nagyun 
has to pretend to be okay with all of the bullying and, and beatings that he gets in order to basically preserve his brother's chances to go become this great a superhuman. Yeah, become yeah. a great knight, and you know they have all these dreams of like leaving the village and everything else. At the beginning of the story, Najin is assassinated by a group of people who have their faces covered, but are trying to kill off all of the knight candidates in order to, for whatever reason, what? we don't know. And Nagyun is actually forced to kill his own brother, um, but because he's known to be the weak one, even though they're identical twins the people who kill his brother spare his life. And so he decides to take his brother's place because no one would be able to tell them yeah. apart as a knight in order to learn the identities of the people who killed his brother and get revenge. The problem is he's not strong. And this isn't one of those series where, oh, the main character gets like an ability to even the playing field in terms of strength. Like, oh, it turned out that the weak one you know, physically, actually, you know, he was strong all along. No, yeah. no, no. He's weak. And so he has to survive both, like, training and threats that are operate on the expectation that he is a superhuman. You know, that he has all the... Oh. Not just his brother's abilities, but, like, he he is incredibly powerful, which, in fact, he isn't. But his ability to hide his own thoughts and emotions means that he's actually very good at bluffing. And because he is ah. highly intelligent, he can think through ways of solving the types of problems that, you know, whether they're threats to his life, physical challenges, or other things that allow him to continue on under, the, under his brother's identity. So, like, that's wow. the setup for the story. And... Okay. As things progress, I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, this is cool, but it's a little confusing in the beginning because, like, you know, the, a lot of the names are unfamiliar and the author likes to use, um, like, all the, all the knights, the people who've actually passed, get nicknames, which they use throughout the whole series. But the nicknames are things like Laughing Turtle or, you know, okay. uh, uh, Chick or, or, you know, the chicken or like it's like very like banal name so you'd be like reading a scene and they'll refer to someone as like the chicken this and whatever i'm like how can they take this seriously but as the <laughs> story progresses and you see what these characters are capable of with like relatively straightforward abilities there's some hot hot action scenes like scenes that are oh. so good that you can you can and the art is like nothing necessarily like amazing to write home about but it is unique and there's, like, stuff in there. Like, I remember I was reading one one panel, and you see, like, a character who's very Wuxia-inspired, like, Chinese martial arts, like, wire foo. And he's, like, running into frame, and it just started to rain. And the way the raindrops are drawn as his body charges forward, that like you actually... It feels like the scene is in motion. And that's one thing that they're able to... The, the, the artist behind is able to capture so well is, like, movement around a space like establishing where all the characters are when action is happening what's in Nagyun's Na mind what do other people know that he knows and what are the things that they know that he doesn't and what he knows and they don't and so that oh. interplay of like physical violence spacing martial arts special abilities strategic knowledge and some humor 
really, really carries the story to points where I'm reading and I'm like, oh, this is could be j- get to a level of like Hunter Hunter where like characters are always strategizing about what they need to do to just live through an encounter, you know? And that's a lot. Yeah. That was uh, that's one thing I loved about reading Hunter Hunter was that people had abilities and like, yeah, some of them were like OP and you're like, oh, fuck, how could anyone live? But like realistically a lot of the fights came down to guessing some property about what the adversary is doing yeah bluffing the adversary based on what they know about what you know the other side can do and then some feats of like strength power and ability that are just like you know ridiculous like when kite fucking like chopped the fucking mountain in half like cutting off that frog motherfucker's head, right? Like you're like, oh yeah. shit, that's OP. But like the best moments are like Yupi and Gone, uh, Yupi and uh, and like Killua and the 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 chameleon dude, and like them just like thinking about what they should be doing. And that's what this, that's what the Ember Knight is. It's it's Nagyun thinking his way through betrayals and traps and super powered. Um, uh, adversaries all the while trying to pretend like he's his brother, but he but with people who know his brother, and he doesn't know them. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so it's pretty sick. Good. Like it's a yeah. really, really, it, really. It's not really... done yet, is it? Oh, absolutely not. I think we're. It's like in the fifty, cha- like fifties. Oh wow. As far as chapters go, but oh, the so... wild thing is that there isn't really like a consistent. <laughs> um release group for it like you can't read it and oh. like the yeah like it's it's very difficult to come across because i think it's um it's in naver but i don't know if it's uh caught up at all on like web the regular webtoon service so all the ways i've been reading it are through fan translations and it's not like a popular series but it's up to like in in print or whatever it's up to like ch- in the high 60s but like there's not really a consistent um translation group that's covering Damn. it so it's like it's just it's just hanging out there but it's really freaking good like really good and it's psychological and by the way the main character doesn't always win because he's fucking weak there are times when like the people will think that he is like, like you know shit. he's the shit and then he gets one pumped and it's like because he sucks <laughs> physically anyway but wow. he gets over with like bluffing and because people can't read him, they just assume, based on his reputation, that like he is capable of more than he is. And because in reality he has been able to do great feats that people have seen, but it it's not through strength; it's through something else. Um, there's a lot of tension in every encounter about like, is he going to get found out? Is he going to be able to beat this person? Does he have to run away? Are they going to like learn something? Is he going to get closer to his revenge? Like there's a lot going on oh. there, and then they start they've started to introduce a power system which they call gears, which is actually as has the potential. I'm not saying it's there, but has the potential to be as complicated as Nen because it's Ooh. like you have to instead of like with Nen you make like binding vows, and usually they're to yourself, but they're but in this one with gears you make it to somebody else, and if you violate it like. It's not that you you get you die if you violate it or you get hurt, but like all your vows are restrictions. They're things you can't do or say. Like one vow might be oh. you cannot you cannot land a strike on someone without both of your feet touching the ground. 
which sounds like, oh, that's not crazy. But then think about the kind of situations you might get into where if you break that vow, you could die. But if you keep to it, you could be like the strongest person on the planet. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Shit is tight. I'm I'm a, a big fan. Um, okay. Um. Well, my recommendation isn't anything like that. My recommendation is Zone of the Enders, which I mean, you yo, I love Zone of the Enders. Episode. If you knew, if you knew Jehudi, you knew what I was talking about at the beginning. But yeah, Zone of the Enders. Like, I just I came across it yesterday, and I was like, oh my god, like fuck yeah, like I'm recommending it. If you have not played Zone of the Enders. Go to Steam, get it right now. Both games, both games. If we talk a lot about Mecha like shit on this show, I think that is one of the games that is the closest representation to what it should feel like to play a Mecha game. One hundred percent. Like it's so it's so good. Like, and I don't know why Kojima won't revisit the fucking shit. I like, don't know either. Like, I have it's no idea. So good. It's so 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 good like i just every other every time i play a gundam game where it's like a free roaming gundam i expect to have the like same kind of like customization and abilities and like aerial movement as zone of the enders and it's never like it it's never like it the battles are fast paced and flashy and cool the storyline is cool like you know interesting-esque like you know Space colony stuff, but the second game definitely like takes it. Bro, like, shit gets wild. Di- oh my god, Dingo Everett Dingo. is one of my favorite characters from so games cool. growing up. So cool, so cool, so cool. And his his fucking situation of like having basically all his internal organs gone, he can only live in the suit. Yeah, is like is the shit. There's so many good voice lines, like iconic shit, like Anubis is superior, and like yes. all that other shit, like the music. I remember. Oh, there's multiplayer. There's multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. I remember literally inviting niggas over, and we would just play Zone of the Enders like all night, all night. What's the name of the mech? The girl mech? Whatever the fuck they get the girl mech was. Oh, the the like the circle. Yes, the the spear shit that she would throw at you. Like it's just so cool. You have a. You, well, first of all, Jehuti itself, like playing through the main storyline is fun. There's so many options that you can use to fight um, it, like the stuff and things like that. But you can also mm-hmm. play with the other suits inside of like the multiplayer and things like that. So, y'all, the shit is just, it's so cool. It's so, it's so cool. And if you have not, please go play that game. Yeah, go, it, it's like, it's, it's $3, I think right now. Like, oh my God, for real? I think yeah. it's super cheap right now. Get get on that. Get on it. Yes, it's like this. It's I used $6. to when I was like in when I was in high school, like I was trying to learn um proportions for like drawing mecha. Oh my god, uh-huh. all I did all day was like redraw Jyoti and Arjet and like Testament, yeah. Neath, Einhard, oh. Anubis, the fucking like it, it was it was so great. They had so many great characters. Um Second Runner, which is the sequel, to me, has is is the pinnacle of the sexy action game. They yeah, have not made very that. many since then. I mean, the closest, I think, that since uh, that game was probably um, uh, Metal, Metal Gear Revengeance, right? Mm. This We don't get games like this anymore. 
which is insane yeah. to me because we have the ability now to do so much more. The blueprint like, is there. It's like right there. High speed, sexy action. Everything about it is just like gorgeous. And if you were alive and playing games during the PS2 era, you felt like they were pushing the envelope yes. of like what you could do visually. But if you then go back and look at the the designs, these are not like it's the art style. The art style is so strong. Like everything about the art style is so strong in Zone of so Enders. Cool. Yeah. Also, like Second Runner, I will give it to that game because. It was the king of like story scene and then like fight out of nowhere. Yep. Like and you're yep. like it doesn't do the like transition thing where it's like your fight is about to start. It's like story scene, you're into fighting. Like the niggas hitting you already. Like mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. It's just you you the, I, ah it's so good. It's so good. Like the nostalgia is real heavy, but it's not the nostalgia. It's just like it's a quality fucking series. It's just they just don't. So they just good. don't make them anymore. That's really they just don't bad. make them anymore. Yeah, and I don't know if that has to do with like, I because I the general public or like you know gamers general like you know, um, not they don't really care that much about like mecha stuff unless like you're already on board. And Kojima has moved far, far, far away from that. Yes, like, yes, he has. I think the if you can. You know, in the, like outside of the world that of like anime, if you go to places like in sports, you'll commonly see a narrative about you know a, a genius player who was so good, but because they happen to be on a certain team or play at a time when there were like other players in the league, or you know got fucked over by bad contracts. I mean, like Prince yeah. is like a great example in art oh, of like Prince, you yes. know these amazing performers, screwed. but then but screwed and and in fact the fans of them also got screwed out of great work because of contract disputes, right? Like I would always I was growing up I was always a Prince fan over Michael Jackson that had nothing to do with Michael Jackson's being a weird shitter, yeah. but just like I like Prince's music more. But like I can admit that we got a lot of shitty Prince albums, not because he's a bad performer, it's because he was just like, I'm I'm just here so I don't get fucked. Ride the contract, yeah. Right, right. Ride like I think there's like out. there's a series of like four or five albums that he did in a row that were just not good. But be, it was because he was in a dispute with his label and as a result, the fans lost like fourteen years of you yeah. know you know, his his, his bangers. prime Yeah, of bangers, right? So like I look at that world and then i look at like kojima in the game world the same way like getting shackled to konami for so long just deprived fans of great games yeah. like we lost a generation of kojima games basically you know so yeah but this is one this is not a th- th- this is just one that people don't remember in this era yeah. as much zone of enders is fucking sick like i bought i can i remember i bought it when they re-released it on what like ps PlayStation 4 or 3? I think it was at the end of 3's life cycle. It came back. And again, I was like, this is fucking great. Like, I just... It's it's just as good when it came out. That shit came out in 2001 and 2003. Them shits are old. A lot of y'all are probably... Well, not a lot of y'all who are listening, but a lot of the people... Who like be gaming now or the the target audience that they be aiming for? The y'all, y'all were barely born, mm-hmm. barely born. So like, oh, just just play it. It's just it's so good. And the music, the voice music that would come on when Anubis and shit would come out. The fucking chorus. Come on. 
It's, it's one of the best, like, most memorable audio themes, like, music themes of that generation. I can, in my head, hear the Latin in the chorus going off. Yes. Yes. It's, <laughs> mm. But yeah, it's it's so good. Not Not just highly, I heavily recommend you to go play it if you haven't played it. Even, you can consider this me cyberbullying you into like shaming you that you haven't played it but you need to play it like yeah i'm with it i'm with it you just gotta play it it's on steam it's six dollars for the first game is it for both no it's six dollars for the original oh wait no it's second runner mars so the second game is six dollars okay for now and then it goes back up to 30 so just get it just just get it it's so good it's so good. Six dollars for that game is a steal. I agree. Honestly, 100%. It's, it's highway fucking robbery. One hundred percent. But yeah, the fact that it's still thirty dollars over twenty years later, I mean, what does that tell you? Um, but that is all that I have for recommendations. Yeah, that's about it for me as well. All right. Well, um, yeah. Y'all got those four episodes back to back to back. Shit got backed up. They're all out. They're all on YouTube. They're all on Anchor. They're all on everything. So, you know, you're probably catching up when you get to this episode. You know, it'll be the regular release schedule. But episode 100 is coming soon, and there will be some new faces and some old faces that will be popping up for that one. Um... That's probably gonna be a long-ass episode. So, y'all, just go ahead and get ready for that. Like, whatever. It is what it is. It's episode 100. Um, but if you haven't already, make sure you go follow us on Twitter, anime underscore savants, and then regular anime savants on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, um, Anchor, anywhere you can find us on the internet. Yep. And you can find me on Twitter at Neural Handshake all the time. Um, shout out to the individual also who put me onto another series, which we may talk about at a later date, not because it's... Bad's just very new, so there's not as much to to go Go into about it. But yeah, um, yeah, some folks got the manhwa recommendations popping, so I can I can respect that. Um, Yeah, yeah. All right, and we will catch y'all later. Bye. Peace out.